Hi, I'm Michael Musi, and this is The Schema. Today, we're gonna to be discussing how advanced clinically integrated networks are using data platforms to help inform physicians on strategies to manage health inequity, help address the needs for real-time data at the point of care, and to engage on the ever-changing landscape of healthcare in the country as we look to serve varied populations to advance human health outcomes. We're talking to Anthony Del Rio, the president and executive director of Rush Health Clinically Integrated Network, the clinically integrated network associated with Rush Health System here in Chicago. Anthony, so good to see you in person. Absolutely, happy to be here. Let's start with, can you tell me a little bit about Rush Health, your background, and your guys' specific mission in the marketplace? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so Rush Health is the clinically integrated network for the Rush System. We're headquartered in you know Chicago, Illinois. We are comprised of four hospitals within Rush Health. Three of those are owned by the Rush System. Uh, one is an independent hospital um, in Kankakee. Uh, and then about 2,000, we're at 2,200 providers because we've made a real push on our membership. But um, about half of those providers are employed in some fashion within the Rush system, and half of those providers are independent. And so our network comes together. Um, we work with payers, we work with the government to kind of implement value-based care programs and risk programs, really focused on how we, we leverage, you know, Rush's focus on quality, with combining and focusing on value. And so that's what Rush Health does. We are, we're also the ACO for our system. And so we, we work with the independent providers, the employed providers on kind of shared goals. You know, how do we, how do we move forward in you know, where healthcare should be from where we're currently at? I've been in that role for about 18 months now. So I started right before the pandemic uh, hit. But prior to that, I, I was actually an attorney. So I was, uh, first I was in-house with uh, Rush immediately prior to that. And I worked on kind of the acquisition of Rush Health into our system. Um, and so when we were doing kind of a search for who would be the executive lead, we you know, did a national search, but you know, the leadership came to me and said, you know what, we know you know this organization because you just spent like eight months digging through it and, and learning everything about it. And so, you know, is this something you'd be interested in? I said, absolutely. And, you know, my background was healthcare M&A. And so I worked with a large firm before coming to Rush. But before that, I also did kind of healthcare consulting work because my undergrad was business. And so, you know, it was a nice intersection between kind of my, my business and consulting work and my legal work just because uh, healthcare obviously is highly regulated, but clinically integrated networks are even more complicated. Right. Um, and there's an intersection of, you know, privacy and antitrust and, you know, financial relationships with providers. And so it's just a very complicated environment. And I love it. It's awesome. You know, I've been very focused on our strategy and how we move forward and how we grow in this new environment. And it's good. So uh, you mentioned a couple of things that, that really piqued my interest. First, your, your first entree into Rush Health was the acquisition of Rush Health into the Rush system. What was the relationship with the clinical integrated network and the system prior to the acquisition? Complicated. Complicated, um, okay. And so, yeah, before, so before we acquired it, and there's a bit of history here, uh, the Rush system itself wasn't formed until 2017. Before that, we had very complex bridge boards between several hospitals. And so we would have some of our board members sitting on this hospital, some board members on this, and there's some crossover. And it was kind of a, um, a confederation. Okay. And in 2017, they said, okay, let's, let's make this real. Let's create a system. And then all the hospitals will be under that, that system parent, like a true, like a true system. And so uh, that transaction closed in 2017. Um, but at the time, Rush Health was, was in existence. Um, and so Rush Health as a CIN was, came about in probably 2012, 2013. 
And all of the hospitals were participating in Rush Health, but Rush Health wasn't a part of the larger system transaction. And so Rush Health was still structured as if we were all still separate hospitals. Mm. And so Rush Health was a, its own nonprofit. They had a board, and the board was comprised of some hospital representation, some independent physician representation, and independent hospital representation. So there were seats on this board, but it was outside of the system. And that was for, you know, historic reasons that because originally there was no system. Right. And so, you know, when we finished creating the hospital system, you know, I think I think I was actually kind of asked, I was like, what about Rush Health, guys? Because um, this is an opportunity to, if we want to really make a system, we should be fully aligned on the strategy. And right now we can't really do that because Rush Health is a separate legal entity. Um, and so there are limitations, and this is the lawyer part of me, there are limitations to what we can do from a strategic perspective if it's not fully a part of the system. And so that's when we started kind of digging into it and figuring out, well, what do we need to do? How do we, how do we make changes? And how do we also make sure it doesn't alienate the independent physicians? Because one of the reasons of having it structurally was so the independent providers, the independent hospital recognize that, yeah, you are a part of this. And this is, this is a whole collaborative. We're working together on these goals. And it's not you know, command and control. It's, it's truly about you know, integration, you know, clinical integration. It's in the name. And so it was, you know, it took a lot of work to figure out how do we restructure, how do we pull it in the system, what does it look like? But, you know, we brought it in and it's been, it's been excellent because prior to that, there were divergent strategies. And so there wasn't full alignment and, and clarity of like, well, here's what the system goals are, here's what Rush Health goals are. And sometimes they worked and sometimes they kind of were common, but sometimes there was some divergence. And it was because people weren't in the same room. And so Rush Health would have its goals the system would have its goals, and sometimes people would talk, you know, back and forth, but sometimes they wouldn't. And so, you know, now what's happened from the transaction and kind of the restructuring organization of it is I'm I'm always in the room um, on both sides, and so I'm in the room on system strategy, and I can bring, you know, the perspective of what our clinically integrated network is doing, what we can do, um, and also Rush Health. You know, I'm I'm the leader for Rush Health, and so I'm obviously in the room. And it, it's great because it's also really informed our larger strategy. And so predating, you know, Rush Health really being becoming a part of the system, there was the siloed system strategy. And it was kind of your, your standard, frankly, I'm going to say 2010 healthcare strategy of let's find some hospitals and pull them in. And then, you know, get good fee-for-service rates and just, you know, make money and continue on for the next 20 years. And the Rush Health strategy, which was kind of, I think, less defined, but frankly, things are going well as is, let's just keep doing this. And now when I took over the role, and we also had a lot of leadership change throughout our system because the longtime CEO of Rush, Larry Goodman, um, retired. And so there was a lot of, there was a sea change. And so all of the new leaders, we all came together and said, what is our strategy? What do we need to be doing? And I was, I was a very you know, strong proponent of, we need to go where healthcare should be, not where it's been the last 10, 15 years. And there was buy-in and everyone said, yeah, no, that makes sense. And so now we really set, you know, the overall system strategy and it's informed and, you know, Rush Health is, is one of like the three core, you know, legs of that strategy, which is fantastic because it was not before. And I thought it was a missed opportunity. And so now that we are kind of in center stage, it's a lot of pressure, yeah. um, but I'm happy because it's where we need to be. Well, it's interesting. You and I had a conversation last week about how there's the spectrum of healthcare in the United States right now. And you know, Chicago is an interesting market, Chicago, Boston, New York, where you have hyper-competitive markets and each system has to stake a strategy of, am I going to maximize my current return 
or am I going to position for future value? And how do you balance those? Because you can't completely abandon the fee-for-service world because so much of our payments still exist in that construct. But you also can't ignore what's coming, which is downside risk. And that's actually how you and I started talking, which was, what do we do to prepare for downside risk? Which leads me to, a, I think, an important question. For those who've worked with Rush historically, everyone knows Rush is a big do-it-yourself shop. So as you thought about your data strategy and the role that data and data platforms plays into the overall Rush health strategy, what made you look outside given the history of, of building it yourself? And as I recall, you guys had a pretty complex yeah. data yeah. infrastructure before engaging with Arcadia. Yeah, absolutely. And so when Rush Health first kind of formally launched as, as a CIN, um, there was a very substantial investment in, in building out, you know, servers and HIE, data connections. And, and frankly, when, when they did this, cutting edge. But it was now over a decade ago. And I think what I'll say was that was an important step because that really did allow Rush Health to aggregate all these kind of diverse providers on diverse systems with kind of very divergent ways of gathering data and sharing data and pull them all together in, in you know, what was starting to be, you know, this clinically integrated network. And that was an important first step. And it, you know, kept them on the kind of the cutting edge at the time. And, and I'm happy that we made that investment. But, you know, once, once I took over and we started going through everything and kind of looking at, you know, service life and, and where we needed to be and what we could, what we could do right now, you know, what became clear is there was a lot of, you know, there's the tech word for it, but uh, debt, what was it? Uh, tech debt. Tech debt. And then also a lot of our infrastructure was aging. Yeah. And so, you know, I was looking at a situation where, okay, in the next three years, you know, my options are rebuy all of this stuff, uh, make new investments, and, and also have, you know, make sure we build out our team even more to maintain this tech debt. Because we had built, you know, all these kind of like duct tape solutions of like, well, how do we get data from this provider? Let's maybe connect this and connect that and move this here. And it worked. But, you know, where we're at now is that's, you know, there are better options that are more efficient and more effective that allow us to do even more at same cost or even less. So when, you know, when I was looking down the barrel of, you know, millions of dollars of investment in, in you know, new capital, and then also ongoing costs and frankly, licensing fees and all of those things. I said, you know, yes, I understand that there's value in, in kind of homegrown in your own shop and you can learn a lot from it, but let's go to the market and see like what options are out there. And so we did. And so that's why I started asking around and, and, you know, doing our research and, you know, saying, you know, what are our options and what can we do? Cause let's, let's apples to apples this as much as we can. And when I did that, you know, what I'll say is like, there, there are a lot of vendors out there that I think we said, you know what? No, I'd rather do this myself. But, you know, luckily, we, I think I talked with you, actually. And, and, you know, we started digging in. And there were a couple other people we also dug on with and say, okay, what can we really do here? And I saw our capabilities to really perform as a value-based network were so materially improved by, you know, working with Arcadia because there's so much more we can do, we can automate, we can, you know, we can do blocking and tackling analysis, we can get, you know, very clear, very succinct um, reports in front of our providers the way that they need it. Because the problem on our side, and I'll, we would build out these reports, homegrown reports, and they would have all the data you need there, but it would have so much more and none of our providers would look at it and it wouldn't make sense to anyone. And it would take so much time for us to build out all these solutions. 
And that didn't make sense economically. Well, and I think that you get this benefit too of being in a collaborative of, of peers. I think we actually first met through Peter Kelly yes. out at Caremount. Yeah. And one of the things that I've enjoyed over the last decade working in this sector is being able to connect with a number of organizations with the same or, or very aligned goals. You know, that brings me back to a point you made earlier just around the complexity of clinical integration from a legal, from a financial and a structural component. How did your data strategy support compliance with the enhanced regulatory requirement of clinical integration? And I think too, how do you ensure that your independent providers who are in the network trust that you're gonna use that data for good and not against them? Because I think that's always a concern of independence when they say, hey, I wanna affiliate, I wanna become a member of Rush Health, but I'm not interested in being acquired and I really don't want this data to be used against me. I don't want this data to be used to harvest my patient relationships. So how do you strike that balance? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, that is that is a very real concern some providers have. And it's two things. So one, there's on our side, just as an organization, we have to be clear, like what our mission is, Rush Health's mission, and that we're focused on value and quality and how we can all be successful in these programs. And so there's that piece that's on me and my team to be clear that that's where we're going. And you know that's that's our goal, and we have you know we're not going to be using anything inappropriately. Um, but then the other piece of it is like showing them what it can do, and that's where Arcadia is really helpful because if you get in front of the providers and we you know we we do this and you know our team goes out and says like look at what this can do for us and look at what this can do for you, and look at how easy it will be for you to succeed with these tools. Mm -hmm. And you know collectively when we're able to pull this data together and look at all this opportunity and you know, identify, hey, look, your, your patient, you know, they might need their annual wellness or you know, we haven't done these screenings or hey, this person got admitted here, you know, let's send a ping to you and get it in front of you. And when you show them how helpful it is and what it can do for them and frankly, how it will make their practice you know, more efficient and more effective, they understand and they, they say, wait, no, I, oh, I see what you're, you're doing here and this is to help all of us and this is to help our patients. And I think it's so sophisticated but also so streamlined that they realize, like, yeah, this and what's, this is funny. When it was more homegrown, there was more suspicion because it's like, well, yeah, you're building this out, and I see what we're trying to achieve, but what else are you doing with this? Right. You know, when we're clear that no, we're partnering with this very sophisticated group to achieve these well-defined goals, and let's put it in front of you so you see everything it does and everything it can do. There's much more buy-in, and then also it makes it easier on our side too to demonstrate. You know, if we ever need to that here we are truly integrated, like this data all comes together from the providers, from the payers, from other sources, and this is what we're doing with it. And it's clean and it's crisp. And so it doesn't, it doesn't look like someone built it in their basement. And it's not, you know, just an Excel spreadsheet that, you know, happens to be on a web page. It's excellent. And, and, you know, that's where we need to be. And that really gets the providers, you know, trust and buy-in. As you think about Rush Health's strategy and preparing for the next 10, 20 years of healthcare, what are your major milestones? You know, I think when we first started talking, the big push was we got to get ready for, for downside risk. And the new administration, or not so new anymore, put out a, a policy memo probably about three or four months ago that talked about the strategy for CMMI. And this was mostly in response to pulling back on direct contracting. Yeah. And the policy memo said, hey, we're, we're going to narrow the number of experiments that we're running at CMMI. And we're going to focus on narrowing the number of APMs and really promoting more aligned APM models. But what they slipped in there that I think is really interesting is they're going to bring more Medicaid into mm -hmm. CMMI, which is, you know, in, in the Medicare world, it's not easy to perform under risk. 
but there's a very clearly defined path. You know, manage your post-acute admits and length of stay, focus on your polychronics. Like there's a, there's a prescribed path. And if you follow it, you can be really successful. Medicaid is an entirely different ballgame. You have wild attribution issues. You have people gaining and losing eligibility sometimes by the day, depending on which market you're in. You have really, really complex intersections of social determinants of health and the way that people manage their physical health. So what is your strategy? What are you preparing for? And then how does data play into that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, what I'll say to yesterday or a couple of days ago, I was on where Liz Fowler was speaking and she said, you know, and I don't think I've seen this in writing, but she, she said it, their goal is to get all Medicare patients on some sort of ACO value-based whatever model within this decade. And that's significant. So that's just on the Medicare side. Now, I agree with you. There is a formula for being successful on Medicare. And I think that's, you know, is it easy? No. But is, do we understand what it is? Yes. Yeah, the path, the path has been uh, cleared. Yes. If you follow it and you invest in it, you can, you can make it work. Yeah. Now, um, the question is what happens when you do all that? You take all the low-hanging fruit. What do you do next? The next, yeah. Um, and so there's that piece of it. But on, on the Medicaid side, I think it's really important. And on, on the social determinants, and this is where I think data comes from. So it was, you asked about our strategy. So I'll say that first. Medicare, yeah, we need to make sure we're blocking and tackling as we need to do. We have the right data and we're using it appropriately to be successful. And we're working with our providers on any interventions we need, you know, our care managers, all that stuff. So that's our near term. That's what we're doing in the next you know, year or two. Let's really get that done and successful. We also have some stuff on the commercial population because we have some commercial ACOs, but when various interventions. But again, for that population, most of it's pretty clear. Yeah, there are clear levers. You just need to set them up, invest in them, and then execute. And so that's that's kind of near term for us. But yeah, our long term is Medicaid because I mean, in in Illinois, the Medicaid rolls have millions, millions of people, and Medicaid as a payer in our state is is one of the largest. And now it's split between Medicaid traditional and MCOs. But in the aggregate, they're massive. And so, you know, that population is so complex and there's so many needs and, and it's different. And so we, we are working on that strategy of like, that's, that's our longer term future is how can we be successful managing that population? Because if we can manage that population, we can do anything. Yeah. And that's core to the rush strategy too, because, you know, our, our focus is health equity and serving our community. And, and so Rush University Medical Center, our, our anchor academic medical center is, uh, you know, just west of downtown. Um, and it's, it's, you know, just adjacent to a very vulnerable population. And, you know, we need to serve them and that's our mission. And so figuring out how we can leverage data, social determinants, and really dig into the data and see like what is driving, you know, these admissions or, or these acute episodes, what can we do to mitigate them? And, and how do we engage with those patients? Because it's, it's so much more challenging for some of them. They may not have a cell phone. They may, they may not have a home. And so, figuring out what the levers are on how we keep them overall more healthy and avoid them having to end up in an ED or a hospital bed or crashing into dialysis. Um, and so where the intersection of data comes in is you know, crunching that big data because there, there are innumerable data sources on these Medicaid patients, but not, it's never really pulled together. And you know, historically, it's kind of been on the state. And so we, and we rolled out MCOs in Illinois seven, eight years ago, 
and it was bumpy. Um, and the, the fault doesn't lie on any single group, but it was bumpy. And, and prior to that, and even currently, you know, the state has budgetary limits on what they can do, what they can spend, what they can build out. And there have been attempts. There have been, you know, a lot of, there's a big focus on this. And even more recently, the state rolled out Medicaid transformation funding mm -hmm. on how we can do better. And so I think it's our opportunity and it's, and it's our mission and our obligation to leverage what we have, these resources we have, these new resources we have, to perform better and serve these patients better. And so that's what we're going to be doing. And that's, that's my long-term goal. And it's, it's funny because like my hospital CEOs, you know, I'll, I'll hear from them. They're like, if you can figure out, you know, how we can break even on Medicaid, you will have saved the hospitals for the next like decade. Right. And so there's the economic piece of it too, but there's also just like, that's our mission in healthcare is how do we make everyone healthier and how do we give them better lives? Um, it's through data. What's interesting, you, you hit on this topic, which has been in every headline for the last 18 months, which is which is equity. And you know, as a country and, and really as a world, we're really struggling with this concept of equity, whether it's income equality or inequality, whether it's health equity. And I think one of the things that I've observed, and, and, and I guess maybe going back a bit, Arcadia's first major projects were in Medicaid. Uh, we worked with MCOs in the Pacific Northwest, and we helped roll out MCOs in Louisiana. and there was always this focus on the biggest challenge that you have to solve in Medicaid is there is oftentimes a health literacy issue. And it's really interesting because I count myself to be really fortunate. I had a, a relatively privileged upbringing. And so I, I never struggled with where healthcare was coming from or where food was coming from, but I never learned anything about how to manage health. There was no, there was no course in high school that said, hey, you know, you have to have an annual physical and, you know, you should go to your primary care doctor and build a relationship. But you learn that through your familiar relationships. And I think one of the biggest challenges in Medicaid is one access continues to be a problem. Access is a problem for everybody, but it's very acute in, in low income and underserved communities. And you also have a lot of mistrust, especially in immigrant communities where they may have documentation issues, or they may have communication barriers. How is data helping you identify what the root cause of a problem is? Because I think it's one thing to look at data and say, hey, this patient in your population is diabetic and they have maybe COPD or CHF, but and they're unmanaged. The data can only tell you that. How do you then identify that, that next step that this person may have a housing crisis, or they may have lack of access to transportation, or they may have uh, communication barriers. So what types of data sources are you looking for and how is that integrating into your ecosystem to help uh, address those issues? Yeah, no, uh, that's an excellent question. I think it's a big focus for us. And there's actually, there's a colleague I have at Rush uh, named David Ansel, who has written a couple of books on this topic. And I'm always working with him and he's always pushing us, you know, we need to figure out how we can get this data um, on those issues, social determinants, you know, literacy challenges, access home, you know, what is what does it all look like? And so we're figuring that out. And a part of it is it's a mix of using social workers, um, other types of care managers, navigators, people in the community to engage in outreach and understand, you know, what is it that you're missing? What is it that you need? And so we, ha we have questions that we will we'll go out to the community and we'll ask them. And, you know, we have a social worker that might go, we have their, um, other non-licensed providers that will go out, literally go out to the community and try to gather the data and say like, what, how are you out, you know, what are you missing and what can we provide to help get you there? We also are working with some vendors to get, you know, literal, you know, almost you know, the old blood pressure machines in the grocery store, um, but more complex ones than that. 
that can, you know, put it in a church yeah. or put it in a grocery store mm-hmm. where, you know, they're going to be and then, you know, try to engage with them and, you know, say, hey, you know, you can work, use this once a week. You can answer some basic questions on the screen and it will come back to us and it will feed into our larger data pool and we can figure out, hey, you know, uh, we need to do X, Y, and Z because we, we identified, you know, this trend right here. But it is about figuring out how we collect the data. And so there are public sources that, you know, you're well aware of. Um, and we need to pull those in, but we also need to do the groundwork to figure out how we get more and directly engage with the population so we can understand that. The other thing that, you know, and this isn't a data issue, it's, it's um, a provider issue, is we need providers that, that look like the community that they're serving yeah. and can speak the language of the community they're serving. And that's, you know, we're working very hard, but it's challenging because there's, there's only a limited number and there's a huge need. But that's, that is a very core function and a very core part of our mission at Rush is to how do we engage with those populations that are vulnerable and how do we take all the information we can get and figure out how to serve them better. But it all goes back to we need a single source of truth. Yeah. And so before we have that, it ends up in you know, someone's Excel spreadsheet or you know, on someone's share drive, like a, you know, an Excel like, you know, Word document where they're like, I, I talked with this patient, here's what they did. We need to pull it all together. And so there is one clear picture of like every patient, hey, here's what their needs are, here's what we've identified, here's how we help them. What would you say as you think about kind of pulling all this together, whether it's uh, SDOH insights for low-income communities or even insights around, hey, provider X, your your patient's in a skilled nursing facility and they've been there for 20 days, you know, how do we get them a transition home plan? What do you think the biggest barrier that providers face? You know, from where I sit, Providers live in this complex land between fee-for-service and fee-for-value. They're in this new world where there's all this data, but how do you use it? So what would you say, like, as you think about recruiting providers into Rush Health, the providers that are already members of the CIN, what are the biggest challenges they would say they have as they service your populations? Yeah, um, time Mm -hmm. and then just divergent sources of data or input or feedback. And so, I mean, one example, you know, in our state, in Illinois, there were, there's a portal you can log into to see some, some of this stuff. You know, there's, there's another portal for this. And the providers don't have time to go digging around in six different, you know, uh, websites to try to figure out something because their next patients, their next two patients are now, you're, they're already late to see them. And so really it's about, you know, how do we make it easier and more fluid to get all of that stuff in front of the provider, everything they need, they get access to it right there. And they don't have to go trying to like remember seven different passwords and try to figure out, do I click on this link? Do I click on that link? Just get it in front of them so they can do their job and that they can service this patient and they can connect with them. And so they're not just looking at their computer constantly trying to find stuff or you know, spending half an hour you know, after they get home that night to try to figure something out. Because if it's all right there for them, it makes it so much more manageable and much easier for them to take care of these people. Um, and so really it's just you know, making sure it's easy for them to access, easy for them to utilize, and they'll do it. They just need to have you know, the ability to. Great. Well, I guess my last question before we wrap is, as you think about your differentiator in the marketplace, how would you rate your data infrastructure as, as one of your differentiators? Oh, it's huge um, because, you know, <laughs> I won't name anyone, but a, a lot of a lot of systems um, in our state, it's their way or the highway. And by that, I mean it's get on get on our EMR. Um, and so either get on our EMR, or we're not working with you, or or we're going to buy you. And you know our position is, and this is where Arcadia plays a huge role. 
Um, and we, we did it prior to when we had this HIE and all these manual connections, um, but our Arcadia is much cleaner, um, is keep your EMR, you know, use whatever you want. We're gonna figure out how we can get the data, how we can push the data, and it's not gonna be your problem. And it's just, it goes back to, it's gonna come up right in front of you, everything you need, and it's not your headache provider. Um, and so we'll bring you the capabilities to perform in this new world of healthcare and where healthcare is going. And it's gonna be seamless for you. We're gonna handle it. Um, and you can keep seeing your patients and maintaining your clinical practice the way you want to. And we're gonna bring everyone up. That's fantastic. Well, Anthony, thank you for your time today. This has been really, really uh, a lot of fun. I'm excited to continue working with Rush Health as you guys execute your mission. And I'm uh, really excited to be part of the strategy. Absolutely, I'm, I'm happy for you to be here too.